Guys, looking forward to everyone hearing from one of our Pastor With No Answers listeners. But before we do that, let me give you a quick shout out to one of our newest Patreons of the Pastor With No Answers podcast. But before we do that, let me give you some snapshot of of what it's like. Some of the boring ass dialogue that's on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I give some updates of my life, and uh, yeah, here's here's one of them. It says to my Patreons, a bit stressed, and I don't like to be identified as that. You know how everyone's answer to how are you is busy, busy, busy. Well, I believe them, but I personally think that's the case for everyone, and I don't want to wear that as a badge of honor. So if you start to hear me say this a lot, kick my ass. Hope you guys are doing well. I've been listening a lot to the newest Front Bottoms EP. Super cool. School is about out, and May is probably the craziest month because of it. All the award ceremonies, because Svensson kids rule, parties, graduations, teacher appreciations, geezerie, planning on trying to record some episodes with Priscilla soon. Peace and love, Joey. And then Michael E. Burton, a pastor with no answers, Patron says, my response to that question has morphed over time. Good, great, just dandy, fine, all right, and most recently, I don't know. But despite my sincere honesty, I'm finding that people still don't care about my response. When they hear I don't know, they kind of just look at me for half a second and then move on. I guess that's today's culture. So thank you for the discussion, and I want to welcome Christopher Jondal to this discussion. Uh, he has, and Nicholas Hudak, you joined a little while ago, Joe Mendonca. Thank y'all for supporting this podcast. It really does help out a lot. For example, I'm getting a $99 bill from Dropbox next month, and you guys are going to help pay for all those files that need to be stored there. Appreciate y'all's help very much, and let us get on with the show. Pastor with No Answers Variety Podcast is all about our listeners, whom we hear from regularly. Every now and then, your comments are too good to keep to ourselves. Hope you enjoy hearing from what we consider a vital voice of this podcast, you listeners out there. All right, well, this is a segment of our podcast that I thoroughly enjoy because it's hearing from our listeners and get a lot of emails from folks and typically all the emails are 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 pretty good not all of them though can make a show and so the the few times that i receive an email where i'm like huh i think i know where they're coming from and i kind of agree and i kind of disagree cuz a lot of times i get emails i'm like oh yeah i totally agree that'd be a really really boring episode just two people saying yes you know we agree so blake uh you sent me an email a couple weeks ago on the Billy Graham episode. And if, if folks have not heard that episode, the Billy Graham rule episode, shall I call it? But Billy Graham rule is basically that men and women that are not married to one another, and especially those who are married to someone else, they should not, uh, well, yeah, just people that are married, they should not be with another person uh, of the opposite gender in restaurants, car rides, and those sorts of, you know, traveling and 
And basically a lot of ministry ministries kind of are set up to have that as a rule and they see it as a protective measure. So people don't have affairs and that sort of thing. And then uh, I think George Bush, the, the second George Bush, he abided that by that rule. Our current vice president did as well. And uh, I've always seen it honestly as like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Don't want people to have affairs. And you know, it wasn't until uh, uh, pretty recent where I heard some other perspectives mainly having to do with just how that holds females back from, you know, growing in their career in the ministry world and also how it can, um, I guess, exasperate the stuff that females are already trying to work out of that our culture has spoon fed them since they were a child. And that is, you know, their, their bodies are something that needs to always be covered and, uh, can always cause people to stumble and all that stuff. This rule just reinforces that. So Blake, good to have you on here. I appreciate you writing and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you smoked a big blunt before this so that you're totally chill, totally chill. No, but I, I really do. I, I know it's kind of a difficult position to put yourself in coming on a show after just sending a, a, an email, but you could have said no, you could have said, I could have, no. <laughs> but I, I enjoy these conversations. So this will be good. Sweet. Sweet. So I, I think, um, well, I'll tell you what, um, your email, is a little too long to read just word for word. So why don't you put kind of a snap, give me a snapshot picture or give our listeners a snapshot of why you wrote and, and what were some of the things in the episode that didn't sit well with you? Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess the easiest way to put this is that like growing up, um, I have always been, I've always been better friends with women yeah. than men. Like, it's just a natural thing for me. Can't, couldn't ever really explain it. Just kind of how it is. Like all, all of my closest friends, like top five people who know me better than anyone in this world are all women. Yeah. Uh, married and not married. Yeah. Like, and you're a heterosexual really male. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's never been a problem for any of us. Um, so. And are you but, married? Like, I've also, no, I am not married. Okay. Um, but it's, there was something interesting that I've been kind of learning from one of those friends, um, is that like, she kind of throws all those stereotypes of men being more visual than women, uh, kind of out of the window for me. Um, because I, I mean, everyone's visual when it comes to sexual attraction, but, uh, I, I also wrote in the email that like, that, that doesn't drive me nearly as much as like an emotional connection. Yeah um would like uh and she's she's kind of hey real quick all of our female listeners uh how's this for stereotyping every single one of them went oh he's so sweet oh my god i'm just kidding i don't think they all did that just 99.9 percent. all right go ahead (laughs) um but yeah so like she she kind of challenged a lot of that for me um because it kind of reinforced like my perspective of, of like why I never fit that stereotype. Um, and the thing is like what Ellen All right, was well, saying, let, let's pause right there. So you don't, okay. you don't fit that because you're not tempted to go on um, boobs.com. You aren't 
uh, ever undressing <laughs> some <clears throat> undressing someone while you're talking to them. Like a lot of the stuff that you hear guys talk about in struggling, right. those things you, you you don't struggle with. Is that basically that's what? that's not what I'm saying? Okay, um, I'm saying that I don't think the binary is as strong as is reinforced. But I'm saying you personally, you said that right. Um, you you are are different, and I forget the wording that you use, but that that is how you're different, and just how you are not visually stimulated like most other guys. I I, I am visually stimulated, but like in order for me to have a sexual relationship with somebody, yeah, I would have to have an emotional connection. Like I would have to have a deep level of trust. Gotcha. Um, because most a lot of the people I grew up with, like the guys, like they they never really understood that side of me. Right. Um, so, and I always, I felt different that way, but I don't think I am as different as that kind of mentality reinforces in our society. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would go to say that there are many more men out there that do feel that way or aren't as vocal about it, or maybe feel pressured to feel differently. Um, kind of in the same way that I think a lot of women are pressured to kind of repress any of those, uh, like, uh, being visually stimulated and stuff like that. Right. Um, just by the way of like such things like the Billy Graham role and such. Yeah. 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 And, and I think why this email was interesting, uh, to me is I do remember being in student ministry and I think I've told this story before, so I'll, I'll you know, make it brief, but there was a guy that was, uh, on staff with me, uh, helping out with student ministry. And he heard me tell a group of guys, something along the lines of <clears throat> guys, you know, and, and my intentions were good. They were kind of just to settle their nerves and, you know, take away any guilt or shame. I was just like, you know, all guys are going to struggle with this sort of stuff, you know, talking about, mm-hmm. um, lust and those sorts of things. And he very, uh, in a, in an extremely patient understanding manner, took me to the side later and just said, Hey man, not every guy is like that. And I'm not talking just gay men. I'm talking, there's some dudes that like girls, but you're making them feel weird when you say every guy is like that. And I, it was a huge learning experience for me and I totally agree. But I guess one thing I don't understand, and, and obviously you, you can go back to what you were saying, cause there's right. a lot to talk about this, but I guess the thing that I don't understand though is if the if there is a somewhat of a stereotypical male in that most of them to some degree are wired up like that in, in which they don't need uh, an emotional connection for sexual connect, uh, connection to be satisfying and that can be a lure and uh, a temptation if if most of them are like that then i see there still being a time and place to talk in generalities because it's almost like um, percentage wise, you're, you're hitting a lot of men. And if, if we have to be super careful, like I, I think what I should do though, and, and by the way, uh, I, I think you have probably listened to me enough to know that I'm not on the defense or am upset with you. Right. right. This is yeah. totally, totally discussion. So I think that what I could get better at is in these discussions, maybe making mention Now, not everybody's like this, but isn't there a time and place to speak in generalities when the percentages are so 
high in a, in this regard? I think there would be, but I I actually did some research after I yeah. sent you that email, um, and from what I could find, there's actually some really interesting studies that have been done yeah. uh, regarding this topic specifically because it's such it's such an ingrained thing in our society that some people looked into it. Yeah. Um, All right, tell me your Wikipedia your Wikipedia findings. Go ahead. <laughs> no, they're not Wikipedia, <laughs> but. I can actually send you some of the links um, because I didn't go to like, I, I can't like read like really in-depth studies, but I, re- I read a lot of synopsis um, and it's actually not quite as large of a percentage as you would expect. Interesting. There was even one study where they, they were uh, testing men and women uh, with photos yeah. and they were tracking eye movements and what they found that was surprising and goes against it is that women actually moved away from the face and started looking at the rest of the body sooner than oh, most men. Interesting. Right. And so I, I forget, did you, you did work with the triple X church, right? Work with them like on staff or no, we were, we were closely linked just because we had, okay. We had Craig on here a good bit and he was our spot. He was our first sponsor for like the first year of bad Christian. Okay. Well, th- the other thing is like there there was a there's a couple studies I think that have been done with like the uh, where they they were doing like uh, brain scan images while uh, men and women were like looking at photos and stuff, and that did show that like at least in in those men like it did show that there was a stronger emotional reaction to yeah. it, but they did not take into account, and this was noted that they did not take into account uh, cultural upbringing. Okay. So that could, I, I, because if you look at like how porn affects the brain and stuff, like it, it changes your brain structure. And I wonder how much, I'm curious as to how much conditioning causes those reactions in the brain yeah. between men and women. Yeah. Because So I, I personally don't know if that study is convincing uh, to me, just taking that into account because it's not something that, especially in modern culture, that would be incredibly difficult to measure nowadays yeah. because once again, this is so this is such a heavily ingrained ideal, and I think it's I think it is very damaging. Yeah, and and the what the generalizing being damaging, right? Yeah. Like um, even when. I was listening to the episode, um, Ellen, it, it is Ellen, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so bad with names. Yep. Yeah. So Ellen, uh, ended up agreeing with this ideal that men are more visually wired than women. Right. And I, I agree. I was up to her up until that point. And then I thought about it. And then she, when she said that she agreed with that, I was like, that kind of defeats every argument you've ever made. In yeah. this whole podcast, because if you relent that one uh, generalization as a fact that apparently we can't actually prove, then yeah, the Billy Graham rule would make sense. Yeah, e- even with her point though, when she says that it's not women's fault for being attractive and that sort of thing. Oh no, I totally agree with her on that. That yeah. that, that is fair, but like I just. I get concerned when such a broad generalization is made. Yeah. Uh, and when I think a lot of that stuff is affected by culture. 
and it is as long as you like kind of relent that idea i think you give anyone a free pass to agree with the billy graham rule yeah yeah, and, and I think one, one other thing to point out, too, in this conversation is part of the reason why it is so skewed towards males is because of the overwhelming high percentage of males that are in ministry and leadership roles mm-hmm. in the church, you know, because uh, society's progressing a little bit in changing that, but obviously it's still an overwhelmingly male-filled role in pastor and Right. Um, minister and, and all of that. So I, I would agree that if, uh, and, and my, my whole, uh, my whole deal is I don't see the Billy Graham rule as, as a rule that males need. Uh, I see it as a potential rule that anyone would need. So let's just say, uh, let's just say this time, 50 years from now, or even 30 years from now, there's just as many women pastors as they are male pastors, I would say the it's not like the 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 dude pastors should abide by this rule, but the the women shouldn't. And I think for me, doing a lot of premarital counseling and stuff, I mean, we take a good twenty solid minutes, and sometimes it's longer if they have questions and stuff, in discussing just how you know. I I, I pretty much tell them, look, I don't want to make any black and white legalistic rules. But I do want to explain just how easy it is to have an affair, especially when you take into consideration you're working through the hard stuff with your spouse, like the good, the bad, the ugly. You have to work through it all. Then you go to work and, uh, you know, which is even kind of like a maybe a reprieve from home and the stresses. And what if you really love your job? And then there is someone that you find pretty attractive that has the same passion for the job that, that you have. Next thing you know, you're having deeper conversations with her or him. And it's like you're only getting their good stuff. And so then you're connecting on a deeper level. And so, you know, I just, I walk them through all of that and I just tell them, Mm -hmm. you know, like I do think there are some black and white stuff. Like I I honestly, and this is probably where you would maybe disagree because of your close female uh, friends, but I encourage people from shying away from having a confidant uh, of the opposite sex where you share deep, you know, deeper, uh, more intimate, issues in your marriage just because uh, I think you could be building some bridges that maybe you shouldn't be. And then I am a huge believer and this, this is more of a, a funny thing than, than anything, but I really do believe that I'm not so sure that any relationship can continue platonically and, and be super close without one person having feelings. And my theory is that if you show me a couple that's like best, 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 best friends and they're the opposite sex and both of them say, yeah, it's purely platonic, I would say one of them's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, I've got friends of 13 years right. uh, that would disagree. One of you's lying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, see... that I'm probably wrong, by the way, but I, I, I've just seen it right. so many... I, I've lived it. I mean, I have lived it to where I've gotten super close to someone and feelings developed in one of us, mm-hmm. you know? So, so then I would, I would question, um, 
how much of that stems from this idea that you can't be close to somebody of the opposite sex. Like that's ingrained like that you like if you're that close to somebody, then there's like some kind of like romantic connection. Yeah. Cause I, I don't believe that's true. Yeah. Um, I like, because, and, and this is, this is why this conversation, um, uh, specifically frustrates me. Yeah. Is because this is what I get accused of all the time. Yeah. Like I was accused of having an affair yeah. with a married woman. Um, a girl broke up with me because too many of my friends were women. Um, and it makes dating difficult because I, re- I refuse to relent right. because I'm not going to break off close friendships of 13 plus years, um, of people that know me and love me and would support me through anything. Yeah. And I would do the same for them. I'm not going to sacrifice that for, anything to be honest i mean that that is that that's that is a predicament for sure and i and i and i agree with your position of screw it i'm gonna do what i want to but it seems like do you think that it like if you were to get married does the dynamics of your 13 plus uh years friendships do the dynamics have to change at all and one of the biggest reasons why i asked that is let's say you meet a woman you fall in love with her a year and a half later, you get married. You probably know your friends more than you know your own wife. So don't you think that your wife is probably going to just naturally and I'm not justifiably, I say that loosely, but she's a human being. Don't you think she will feel a little intimidated and threatened by the fact that you've known these other women for 13 years. And for her, she's like, well, I want to be your number one. You're like, well, babe, you are my number one. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but you're talking to Jennifer, you know, every single day that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. See that I, I, I do get that. I really yeah. do because, um, I know, I know that even though I don't think that I'm in a great minority of men or women who feel this way, that they can have this platonic relationship, I, kn- I also recognize that that kind of ideal is deeply ingrained in the culture. Yeah. And that, um, that would, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that, yeah. honestly. I, I really don't because I would hope that whoever I find would be comfortable with that because, like, it, I'm just, it's not something I hide. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can't hide that. I can't hide the fact that my five closest friends in the world are women and that they know years and years and years worth of the good and the bad about me. Right. Like I, I can't, there, there would be no sense in hiding that. If I did hide it, it would make it look worse. Yeah. Um, if I hid any level of that intimacy that I, I have with, uh, the, my friends, um, and that might be key right there is honestly, it, it's a very simple thing that you said, but it's probably true. You just need to meet someone who is a hundred percent comfortable with that and is on the same exact page with you because otherwise mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your convictions are. If the person that you're spending to choose to, to spend choosing to spend the rest of your life with in in a marriage if she's not comfortable with it well then you're screwed either you know either you have to say get over it and you guys end up divorced or you have to say 
well, this sucks. I have to change my friendships because my wife's not comfortable with it. The only other option right. is meet someone who's on the same exact page and is completely comfortable with, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. these other friends of yours know you better than her. Right. And it it's surprising because um, I actually know a decent number of women who I think are genuinely okay with that. Yeah. Uh, once again, my, my best friends. Um, but I've, I've met numerous people who are like, I, I think that paradigm is starting to change a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also think it's changing. It's definitely changing quicker outside of the church. Right. Um, because that, that's a very traditional train of thought. Uh, I, I've even noticed kind of a pushback against that ideal, like in pop culture a little bit. Um, like, TV show characters and stuff like a good example. <laughs> do you, do you ever watch, uh, uh, Bob's burgers? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, Tina Belcher is like, she's 13 and she's very honest about like being, uh, physically attracted to, uh, men around her. Um, so, and, and the family just acts like it's normal Yeah, because it is. Uh, and Leslie Nope is another good example on Parks and Rec where she's very well written and very open and honest about it and they don't make it weird. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, so I think it, it shows like there, there's, there is a shift going on. And like I said in my email, like, I wonder where we will be in 20 years when that slowly starts to die down. Yeah. Um, unless people kind of like double down like they tend to do when they feel like their lifestyle is threatened. (laughs) Yeah. But, um. But yeah, I, but you know, another thing that I'm curious about your approach too is I was watching, there's a new show on Netflix and I don't know anything about it other than what I see on the screen. And it looks like they're releasing one episode a week. They're 18 minutes long and the subject matter, they're all interesting, but they're completely unrelated. And the first one was on, um, monogamy and just how sucky humans are at it and how evolutionarily, we actually evolved to monogamy on on like based on our culture and it wasn't necessarily biological and so I, you know I, I would even be okay with saying no males are different and it's because of daggum culture because that i mean it i i don't see how we can deny that as a whole because of how we were cultured males took on the dominant role. Uh, I mean, we even applaud males that get around and then we call women sluts who do, and they're doing the same exact thing. And so I'm not saying that's right, but what I'm saying is I do think sometimes we are a result of our culture. And so I, you know, I, I actually do believe in some, um, not, not black and white inherent differences between males and females, but I do believe that I, I think there's exceptions to all of it. But for the most part, there are some common grounds that a lot of males share and a lot of uh, females share. And, mm-hmm. You know, I could be totally wrong. You would see male and female only difference is their anatomy. For the most part, actually, I do believe that. Yeah. Which um, I feel is, is super I, I, interesting. I, I mean, I just, I think it's because of my close relationships with women and them being honest and open with me yeah. about stuff that 
like I it feels weird, but I, I kind of feel like I sometimes get an inside look that a lot of men don't. Yeah. Um, and I don't find much difference. Yeah. Just in general. Like, could that be because, I'm um, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like the, the things that I do see are different. I can easily attribute it to cultural upbringing. Yeah. Like it's hard to not draw that line easier than it would be to like genetics or biology. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which, but it, that still means something. And so what I'm saying is if mm-hmm. society as a whole has all been affected by cultural norms and that has made us who we are, it may not be valid and it may not, it may be something that we should try to reject, but it still is there. And so if, if through societal norms and cultural stuff, males are the ones that typically uh, you know, want to get around and um, find that sort of um, way of life exciting. I think there's exceptions to that for sure, but it seems like it seems it just seems like there's some some differences on how males typically act and females typically act. And I theorize <clears throat> too that maybe you know, like I I hung out, you know, most of the friends around me we're not, uh, you know, my closest friends, we're not great guys, but we definitely don't want to, uh, like even in college, we didn't want to take advantage of women. We didn't want Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, be guys that would, would call girls who, uh, you know, I, I knew a guy in college and he slept with a girl and he was done with her, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, she was such a slut. She just gave it up." And I'm like, "You are just a disgusting human being." None of yeah, that's bad. None of my none of yeah. my friends, you know, were like that. And so, the logical conclusion, though, shouldn't be, "Oh yeah, guys aren't like that," because I've just surrounded myself with guys that aren't like that. But I I wonder too if is there some unique common ground with your close girlfriends that they're all similar type people which would make sense given that you gravitate towards people because you you like who they are and i Mm -hmm. I wonder if they represent maybe a more specific uh worldview and approach to life i don't know i i would i would actually say no Mm -hmm. surprisingly um especially since like one of them I knew grew up in the same culture I did. Yeah. Like where that was not accepted. Yeah. Um, but we kind of bucked that trend anyways. Um, I, they're actually pretty different people in terms of like interest and like how they want to live their lives, their goals in life. Um, they're the people they hang around are completely different. Um, so I don't, I don't think, that's as much of a factor as would be assumed. Yeah. Cause I'm also someone who can, I can get along with pretty much anyone as long as you're not like a raging ass. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I've got all kinds of different friends from different like, uh, social groups and all kinds of stuff. So like, I don't, I don't think that's as much of it as one would assume. Yeah. So, you, uh, what gave you pause for thought with this episode wasn't necessarily the direct, conversation on Billy Graham rule as much as the surrounding stuff that were just uh, implied and assumed 
uh, surrounding the conversation right. about who females are and who males are. Right. Because you, you were saying earlier, you, you think that a lot of this, because culture does matter. Yeah. Uh, you, you were saying that, um, and you were talking about like how that does affect us. And I 100% agree, but I also think that's why it's important for people who do have a different experience to speak up. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to say something was because I, I, like I said, like that's not my experience at all. Yeah. Like I've had something radically different from what I was taught. Uh, and like, it's caused problems for me, but from the people who make these assumptions. Yeah. That's the only trouble I've ever had Yeah, is from people who did not look at my friendships for what they were. Right. And did not respect it because they just made assumptions about my behavior. Yeah. Or they thought I was gay. Like they couldn't, they couldn't figure out what I was. <laughs> right. I was either a main whore or I was gay. Yeah. It, it was one, one or two extremes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right, well, I'll tell you what, I am going to read uh, part of your email. Uh, Dear Joey, I listened to your latest episode, and you sick son of a bitch. I cannot <laughs> believe that... No, nah, I'm just kidding. It was a super nice email. Blake, this has been very awesome. Uh, before I let you go, was there anything else you were hoping that we would bring up or anything that you were hoping to share that we didn't get to? Um, I think that covered most of it, cool. so I, I'm good. Well, I appreciate you being a listener. I appreciate you reaching out and that's the whole purpose of this podcast is for people to learn from one another and stretch Mm -hmm. one another and all that stuff so thank you very much man don't forget go to pastorwithnoanswers.com to check out ways in which you could contribute through patreon as well as connecting with us on our social media outlets thank you guys for listening